Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. No time for that intro, lads. We're back off to sea. Dungeons and Junkies presents Tales of Autopia, episode 46. No time left. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dungeons and Junkies. I'm Alex, which obviously means we're back in Tales of Autophia. But before we go around the table, but before we introduce what happened, for fuck's sake, this is what happens when you do stuff this on a Sunday. So before we start and do the intro and stuff, let's go around the table and introduce everyone. Starting with... Who do I start with today? Let's go with Caitlin. See, Alex is a funny comedian, everybody, because it's only me today. It's literally me. Hi, I'm Caitlin. I play Elisa Lear, the human monk warlock who is here, queer, and filled with fear because apparently a fucking goat has beef with me now. Alright, normal day. And sadly, this is no four love, love and thunder goats. This is demon goats with swords that can fly and go invisible. But in the last session, to recap, um, obviously the four of them made their attack on Unor to try and save the turtles. It went fairly well. Um, they bumped into Olvik, who revealed himself to actually be a demon known as Tatifilus. And in their scuffle, it seems that he ran away for a moment. So using that window, the whole crew started heading to the next area where Eli was ambushed and teleported out of there, seeming to disappear, leaving the crew to attempt to finish what was going on on the island. We're not interested in that. They might survive, they might not. Today, we're interested in where Eli is. So the camera pans out from Unork, turns south and steams down the ocean past all the vast waves as ice caps start to show in the water until we come up to this abandoned coastline, an island covered in snow with a big ancient town abandoned sat on the hilltop with a coliseum and a castle and at the top of this hill a tall tree that has been dead for hundreds of years as the camera goes through one of the windows into this beautiful old throne room seemingly abandoned as as the ivy and the greenery starts to make its way through the walls a portal opens above this room as Eli, you fall out and into the center. Tatifilus quickly flying out the portal and landing near the um, throne at the end. 
And as you look up, trying to recover from from the quick assault, you notice something very quickly. This is the exact same throne room from the vision. What do you want, you goat fucker? Well, <clears throat> I can beat you all, so why not separate you? Have a little bit of fun. Like a lozenge or something? The comedy can only save you for so long. Called a defense mechanism. Yeah, I used to have one of them when I was mortal myself. You remind me a lot of myself, actually, when I was mortal and weak and pathetic. I really don't see the resemblance. Blind as well, like I was. It does not matter, though. After all, all of this will change soon enough. Tomorrow, Avius will be resurrected. And not only are you going to die here, but your friends, they're heading straight towards Varn. So they'll be dead as well before long. You'd be surprised. Can you just make me a quick con save, please? Well, starting off strong, Peter, then that's a 10. DC was 5. Um, as this talking goes back and forth, and you sort of settle into the area, and you, it quickly kicks in just how cold it is here. So, I'd say you're quick enough to say that you were at the most southern point of Ortolfia in ancient Atlas, because history books state after the collapse how, when the poles flipped, how this ancient city just froze over. And being somewhat, you, I'd say being resilient enough for the cold, this is, this cold is like on another level. Yeah, Eli's home, well, Eli's origin island had some pretty deep snows in the winters, but this is ridiculous. This is, this is the kind where you go outside and throw your boiling hot kettle of water and it freeze, it turns to um, mist in an instant. I kind of looks around and like, you know, I've been here so many times envisions that it's kind of lost all impact yeah it's it's one of the sites that will be destroyed anyway when the reconstruction begins but for now it's it serves as your resting place Why? if avius is going to be resurrected tomorrow regardless of what me or my compatriots do why have you gone to all this effort you've separated me from the rest of them and now you're going to kill me here at the end of the world call it entertainment I call it fear as he like prepares to strike you um from behind you 
you hear the, the charge of a gun before before you hear the firing sound and a bolt of blue energy fires over your head and straight into Tiphilus. As he is slammed into the ch- slammed in the chest and thrown against this back wall, and in behind, from behind you, coming through the corridor, is Brawling Lauren. But I think we should roll for initiative. Is <laughs> he's pissed? Right. So, Satyphilus is starting us off. Um, as he recovers from that, because he survived the con save, so he wasn't stunned. He looks up with just a grin, as he just waves his hand once, and Lauren needs to make a DC 21 charisma saving throw. Come on, Lauren, you've got to this point, you have 5 plus 5, plus, so you have plus 10 to this. And with a 23, she does. Jesus. You can, you see him um, swing his hand for just one second as Lauren, who's coming up behind you, just clutches her head for a second, but manages to throw off whatever he was using. And as for his bonus action, he is going to use... It's going to be a... That's going to do him for a minute. He's going to um, go to the left 10 foot so he's not boxing himself in on the throne. Yeah. But next it is Brawl's turn, who, as he um, as he heads into the room, he just looks over to you. Long time no see, as his shotgun charges back up. <laughs> and he is going to take another shot, matey. Um, fucking hell, okay, he gets that to his shotgun, hits, uh, 1d12 plus 1d4, 20 damage, and he is going, yeah, he'll burn a smite slot, so that's 5d8 force damage. 35. But that ends his turn. Um, Eli, as he fires off the shotgun and it hits um, Tetibulus inside again, Sparkles jumps onto your shoulder and gives you a wave as it's your turn. Hi, Sparkles. She just gives you a good thumbs up with her creepy little fairy face. Fair. He is about 30 foot from you, Tiblis is, over to the left. Distance well, means nothing. Yeah, 30 foot ahead. And 10 foot to your left. Right. But you can cover that. You can cover that with about three steps at this rate. I'm going to send, spend my action and I'm going to cast Blur on myself. Which gives... So for the next 10 combat rounds... 
my body becomes blurred, shifting and wavering to all who can see me. For the duration, any creature has disadvantage on attack rolls against me. Unless they have true sight. Or a blind. Oh yeah, Hexblade's curse would still be active on him. That's one minute, isn't it? Hexblade's curse. Because if it's one minute, we've definitely passed the one yeah. minute mark at this point. I wasn't sure whether it was an hour or whether it was a minute. Curse ends after I'm incapacitated. I'd say being muted through a portal means I'm incapacitated. Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything I can do right now, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to skitter back about 20 feet. Don't be suspicious. Don't be I feel like at this point, disintegrate's appropriate. <laughs> go, Glen Coco. So, dexterity save. DC 21. He does get plus 11, but can he pass? On a free, that is a 14, so no, he does not. <laughs> oh, no. After, can you roll... Caitlin, can you roll me um, 5d6? Yes, I can. No, I'll roll the other 5d6. Holy fuck, I bet he's gonna wish he was dead now. 10, 16, 20, 22. 18, so 40 in total. 40 plus 40. So that's because oh, it gets plus 40 on disintegrate. Oh, yeah. So that's 80 damage. As you, as our hands start to charge, you just hear a shout, duck, in your way. So as you duck, this huge, loud orange beam comes firing over your head as it slams directly into him. Yeah, that really, that really roughed him up. <laughs> he does not look like he's doing too well because of that. But start of the round so he gets 10 hit points back so regeneration is the wounds slowly start to close over again and what's he going to do oh he had advantage on magical saves but that's a one side now mind he still took the damage uh, he's gonna is he with rage, he is going to go straight after Lauren because of that. So you and Brawl do get opportunity attacks if you want to use oh, yeah. them. 100%. Don't touch my fucking girlfriend. I think Brawl is wrong like a champ. Uh, dirty 20. Also hits. Just as he runs past, I'm like, no! I just hate him completely. Uh, that is... Oh, my brain is not on all cylinders today. 14. 14. And we're all got 17. It's, it's a... It's a bit, um... Comedic for a second as you 
as he looks at Lauren with like vengeance in his eye, and as he flies towards her, you swing up your glaive, managing to cut a good gash out of his wing. Before Brawl comes the other way and manages to slice open his side with his battle axe. That Our gives him off each other. Gives him two attacks against Lauren. With a plus eight to hit. Yeah, with a 13 AC, she's easy enough to hit. So that is 1d8. Plus 3d6 on the first hit. 15. Second hit. Jesus. She yelps quite badly as she's hit pretty hard with these two sword strikes. As like the necrotic energy starts to creep into the wound. But now it is Ghoul's turn and he is going to cast Finger of Death. Devil's Finger! So Devil's has- Finger! He has to make a con save. But she, which I remember he gets advantage on because magical resistance for a 15 plus 8, so that beats Bruce, say DC. So it's half damage. And a 78 one. Well, oh, that was four for damage. 43 is not actually that bad for half damage. Light, your turn. What do you want to do? I mean, I hear Lauren yelp and I just fucking snarl and turn. And I mean, I guess we're just gonna go off, so. I'm just going to stab and punch him repeatedly because don't touch my fucking girl. That is more than fair, as just the fire in your eyes shows that you're pissed and you leap forward. Roll me your hits. Alright, so I'm gonna burn another point of key to take martial arts. Not martial arts, take flurry of blows. Mm. Speak words well. So. Two glaives. Yeah, that's about right. I'm, I'm like taking out D20s. Like, how many times do I hit this fucker again? Blaves get a plus 12 here, so. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that strength score. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's strength score, and also I, t- I have a magical item that gives me a boost to. Insignia of Claws boosts my unarmed strike as well. Yeah, double for it. I played 14. full strategic with the magical items you offered us. <laughs> Level 14, I'm all for it. Okay, uh... And unarmed strike gets plus 11, so the lowest of all of those is a 17. Uh, Tativalus has a natural AC of 20, so that one's the only one that misses. So one of the punches misses, the rest are all dirty twenties or above. Yep, they all hit. So one punch is a no. 
as the yards. One punch is just like Eli's, like one of Eli's knuckles goes, ow! This man is made of steel! <laughs> you just like punch one of the um, Bernie shoulder plates as he turns around. Wildman strikes a d8, right? Um, yes, a d8. I always remember we have to play stupid buttons with it. Because it seems dumb, it doesn't scale as it should. It's Monk is one of those. I think Monk needs a buff, to be honest. Not, not. It doesn't need a bunk buff utility-wise. It just needs a buff damage-wise. I, I think. Yeah. It's we can deal a lot of damage, but only. Yeah. Once you're out of key, that's sort of it. Which I guess makes sense because, like, once you're out of spell slots, that's kind of it for some stuff. But the cantrips scale better than the unarmed strike dies do. You have a lot more use out of spells than you do out of key points. 51 points of damage. 51. I beat the shit out of him. He had 49 hit points left. No. So how does he die? Well, well I see Lauren get hurt. And snarls and turns and the glaive kind of glows ominously anyway. But Eli centrally takes the glaive, slashes upwards, so it's a full cut, and then basically just kind of punches through. So I don't get the heart because I don't think this fucker has a heart. But there's definitely some organ bits on Eli's fists now as she pulls her fist back out, and he just kind of is. Yeah, you pull your fist back out, a whole lot of organs just flop out as he collapses mm. to the ground. Organ meat. Yeah, he did not take that well. That. So in one round, that's over. <laughs> I drop blur. I drop blur. Because Eliza lies just this seething mass of vibrating rage. There, there's like silence for a second as Brawl goes, that was it. I mean, I did beat the crap out of him before we got to this point. I guess he wasn't a complete piss stain then. The fuck? I think at this point, in, in this like moment, Lauren just swings and gives you a hug. I hug back, but I'm just kind of looking at Brawl, because I know... I don't know that he knows that I know of what's going on. He, he gives you a knowing look. We going to have a problem? If I was here helping, then clearly not. I'll give you two a moment, though. How did you get in here, Lauren? Uh, long story, long story. Um, so, sorry about the letter. I just, I wasn't sure whether you'd let me, but I had an idea. So, I wanted to be sure about it. I went to Riley, but she said that she had to answer summons from Old Terrace, so she couldn't assist us on this. But 
She told me how to teleport. Before she left, so... That's how I got here. I, um... Hassled Brolin. We've been... Going to a few pl places searching for information. Okay. Well... I got dumped here from... Unork. We... We were in the middle of the fight, and now I have no idea whether the others succeeded or not, whether they stopped them getting the key or not. Unfortunately, we're stuck here for a few hours yet. We've been here for the last four hours, but I still need a few hours before I can conjure up that kind of spell again. Huh. I can get us back there, though. Yeah, I guess, but... Where did you come across Brawl? Well... We... I remember him when he dumped your body outside the, um... castle. And... Going through notes and stuff, he has no record of even being real, so... They use that to track him down. And we've been scouring places. We went back to Vardin. We went to a couple of other places, and our search brought us here. I kind of nudge myself so I'm between Roll and Lauren, and I just kind of quietly say, "Like Roll can probably hear it anyway." I just quietly say to Lauren, "You know he works for my patron, right?" It's okay. We've come across information recently. He's on our side. And I look at Brawl and I'm like, is it true? Are you on our side here? It's it's a long story. I'll explain it in a bit because we've got time. Yes, well... Considering you've been working for the fucker a lot longer than me, forgive me if I'm hesitant. Right, let's find someone to, let's head out, find someone to say we can tell you what we found out. We think Vaughn has an office somewhere here, so we're trying to find it before we heard all the commotion. Yes, well, we've got about Less than a day before everything comes to a head. Yeah, we're aware of that bit, to be honest. Hopefully, the castle and Ran and Reed can stall it slightly. And again, I don't know what's being put in front of them as an alternative, so. Um, okay. This guy, I wonder who. Well, there's a giant tree from my memories of this place. And a Colosseum. Yeah, that's... We're an ancient atlas, if you wasn't sure. Yeah, he said, I'm just kind of... I keep being brought here in visions, and, you know, after a while you forget that this is a real place, technically. It's real. It's where... They tried harnessing magic as a 
natural resource, but obviously it all went to shit. Now we're going to do it again! This time they got the weapon that made everything go to shit in the first time. Shit, with both of us here, the staff's completely undefended. Got a few hours yet, unfortunately, before we can go. Right. I'll give I'll give you two some time or whatever you do need to talk about, and I'm gonna go find this office. Lead on, we'll follow you. With that. With that, bro puts his shotgun back onto his shoulder and sparkles flies off of yours and onto his is the two of them head down the corridor. Leaving you and Lauren to yourselves. Oh, this is a pile of shit. Tell me about it. It's... Uh, This hasn't been fun, trying to find out what they've been up to. Can't we go back to beating up ogres in a cave? Life Feels so, so long easy. ago. Life was so much easier. Back then it was beating up ogres in a cave and now it's stopping the end of the world. In a day. Well, trying at least. I still don't yeah, what the fuck his motivation was with this? It's beyond me. It's as far as I know, obviously, Rock's grandfather killed Bantress's father, destroyed their home when they refused to join the Navy. But this goes way further than just wanting revenge. I understand. Avius's motivation, because I mean, I guess there's a difference between being a demigod and being a full god. Once you have a taste of that power, it's hard to go back. And we need to try and beat him either before he can be summoned or before he can return to being a god. Because if we can't beat him as a demigod, then we're not going to be him as a god. In everything's nothing. Hopefully we can interrupt the summoning in progress at least. Because, I mean, the moment he's aware enough, he can probably snap and remove any of us who have a pact with him. So that takes me out, that takes Brawl out. Potentially a lot more. There's no way I can convince you not to go on this, can I? It's too much riding on it, I'm afraid. I know. I just thought I'd ask. You've got me, you've got the others, and Brawl's offered to help. I know, I just... I don't want any of you to watch me die again. I don't want to watch any of you die. You know, I don't... I don't know if they ever told you when you were at the monastery, or if you ever read about the heroes of old. At least the, at least the real version, not the storybook that they tell children. 
in the end, after defeating Avius's pupil, who tried to use the staff himself to take over the world. The only way to keep it at bay was for them to sacrifice themselves. They became protectors of the staff, creatures called the Sentinels, and they've spent the last half a million years in this awakened state, never to sleep, just to protect. I think if they're willing to do that, then I think I'm willing to die to save the world if it comes to it. I know, but something just... You, I'm, I mean, don't even anymore because I'm just so fucking angry. It's literally... Now it's just I choose how I die. I don't get to choose how I live. I've never been able to choose how I live. And I got a second chance after that sewers, after Kane, and now it's all bullshit. With that, Lauren doesn't have any words to you, but she just gives you a more deeper hug than she did before. Like when when she heard you a moment ago, it was just a quick hug, but this is just a very deep and comforting hug that she gives you. Eli's probably trembling a little bit, and not in the rage way, just in the overwhelmed. Right, office. It'll be in this castle somewhere. She offers you her hand. Well, I kind of takes it and will follow after where Brawl went. Just like, this is the worst date ever. Aww. <laughs> So, some time passes as you make your way through these corridors and this abandoned palace. Um, there's definitely signs of there being activity here, not necessarily life, but you can tell that they've been using this place as their main headquarters. Uh, can you just roll me investigation check? I'll roll one for Lauren and one for Brooke. 16. 15. And Brawl got 17 plus. Where's his shoot? Plus 10. Uh, so, after a while, um, you find him standing outside trying to pick a lock of this door as he ends up just getting swearing, throwing the lock picks to the side and literally just pulls off his shotgun and shoots the lock as the door hinge explodes and the door flies open. That works. I would have laughed if the door was open anyway. I see you've had you've had your talk. I see you've had a falling out with a door. These fucking doors. You know, half the time you can just unscrew the hinge, right? 
I didn't want to attract attention at first, and then the door wouldn't unlock, because in a meta sense, you roll a natural one on a sleight of hand. Sigh. I'm going to peek my head through the hole that is now where the lock was. Anything in there? Um, it's it's empty, people-wise, but you see this makeshift bedroom with an office and a mi- miniature library. Hmm. Knowledge. Right. Let's make it quick, because I feel like someone's here, but I don't know where they are. Hmm. Probably right behind us or something. Surreptitiously looks over shoulder. Yeah. No one's there, though. If you want to search the room, you can make me an investigation check. I'm going to do the same with Lauren Brawl. 18. Anything in particular you're looking for? Uh, I'm probably looking for... Similar to back when Than found the assassination plans. I'm kind of flicking through the books on the shelf. The stuff hidden in there. It's mostly just novels, history book, and smart, but you do Why eventually do you so much find... smart Leonin's got to work it out some way. And you eventually come along a a book that's not labelled. And as you open it up and open it to the pages, it appears to just be writing in a language that you're not sure of. It's got little points that are written in common, and it's like drawn up plans and maps as you just flip through these pages. It's a diary, maybe? It's coming off as a diary. Guys, do either of you know how to read this and kind of show it to them? Lauren does not, and I doubt Brawl has this language, but I'll double check. No, Brawl only has common and celestial. Um, it is Leonin. Is oh, that is an official language? I was going to say if it's primordial, I have that. <laughs> oh, why? As he starts scaring through this book, this is really. Can't read what the writing is, but if you look at this room, this is the Temple of Summoning on the Isle of Nog. That's where their ritual is going to take place. This is good, it gives us layout of the room actually. How long does it take to get from Unork to the Isle of Nog on a ship? Shit. It was take about eight weeks, but we've teleported McGee over here. Take about a minute. If we think that they're probably got their own teleporting McGee, 
but they need to finish coordinating. If we assume they're going to get the key, they'll still need to beat the absolute shit out of Picasso and the others and get off the island. Potentially, we might be able to work it such that we teleport in and can set an ambush before they can start leaving the island. It's very much possible. But even we if that's gonna not the assume, case... But assume for failure, but... If that's not the case, then we have to wait another eight hours for our teleportation to work, so... Yeah, but that's just even getting to the that. Isle of Null. Even with the Isle of Null, that still puts them um, eight hours ahead of us. Considering Tivolus was very certain that this was all going to end tomorrow, I say we just say sod it and go straight to here, looking at the blueprint. So. As, as he starts to wander, he does sit down on Vaughn's um, office chair. So, there's two ways I can see this. We either go to the Isle of Null and try to interrupt the resurrection. Or, we set up an ambush here and attack them when they arrive. But... The only problem is, one, if we do it here, yes, we have the upper hand, but Avius will be summoned at that point. If we go to the Isle of Null, they have the upper hand, but we still have the chance to stop Avius from even setting foot in this world again. When I confronted Avius, his absolute warning, like his line in the sand, as it were, was that I could not be involved in interfering with the resurrection process. That's the specific time frame he told me I'm not allowed, which to me sounds like that's the specific time frame where it is most vulnerable and open to exploit. Why would you warn away people who know enough about you to be able to do damage if you don't want them involved? As much as we're giving up the upper hand, I'd much rather face... I'd much rather try and take out Vontrus and even delay Avius's resurrection than chance the fucker coming back at all. Because the moment he does, I'm dead. Right. So, there's a couple things to discuss if we're going to the Isle of Null. There's two things. One, we have the possible run-in with the Sentinels that protect that island. Because with eight chances they'll bypass them, use it, and Avius as their scapegoat. But... We need to convince them that we're not Who a Who are the Sentinels? They're the heroes of old. The... when they gave their lives to 
defeat Valadera. They offered to protect the staff and the gauntlets and everything that could make this sort of thing happen again. They are basically suits of enchanted armor at this point. Are they sentient enough to recognize bloodline? I'm marrying, aren't you? My bloodline's been protecting the staff since the beginning. She's not on that island, but as far as we're aware, she's here. Where the, as a resurrection is taking place on the island of Null, but the reconstruction will take place here. Then that's where she will be. Probably in the Temple of Magic, I'd say. Maybe we could speak to her and make a bargaining. See if she can call off the other sentinels. We have to try. Blood recognizes blood, so... There's one other thing we need to talk about. Well, two things, technically. The reason I'm helping is because when when Lauren came to me asking about it, she had some information that I wanted to find out if it was true. And on our search, we did. I... That was a creation. It's... Sort of these memories that I said I had. Save it, my wife who's trapped in the staff of Avius. All these hundreds of thousands of years of existence. They're all artificial. I was created about an hour before you were resurrected to act as your assistant. And he gave you artificial memories and an artificial motive to ensure your loyalty to you, to him, rather than to me. Yes, me and... He points to Sparkles on the shoulder who looks a bit down. We're just his creation. We realize that if we stop him from coming back, we interrupt it and dispel him, we're probably all going to cease to exist. As well, as he points to Lauren. When I offered to help Riley back in the day, when I first met Van, they. I was required to have a blood pact with them. So. Avius has control over me, in a sense, from what I've found out and what I've learned. So, in short, what she's saying is chances is, if we're able to stop the resurrection, or if it comes to it, have to kill Avius and succeed, there is a high chance the four of us might die anyway. As his magic that makes us exist keeps us in his grasp, 
white food. Well, there's kind of a bitter irony in it, isn't it? He used his magic to make you two. He used his magic to bring me back. And we're gonna fucking kill him. You got this. Gonna die, go down swinging. Let's go find my ancestor. Oh, um... As he gets up, before we go, that glaive was made by Avius, so through another journey, I thought that I might try and make something new. And he opens up his bag of holding, I decide, and starts to pull out a completely, like, new in ceremonial-looking glaive as he sits that down on the table. I thought you might like this to replace your line looks like a kid on Christmas holy shit yeah uh, can you make me an arcana check on it and as well as a investigation check you can have advantage on the investigation check though because it's a weapon and I feel like weapons are your expertise Investigation is 19 with advantage. Arcana, despite adding nothing, I got a crit 20. <laughs> okay, uh, so this is not a standard glaive. It's known as the forged glaive. It's damaged die as a d12. And gives has a plus three bonus to attack rolls and damage rolls. It deals magical damage to overcome resistance and immunity to non-magical resistances and immunities, because they work that as stupidly as they can. Um, and it has a special feature. For the cost of an action, you can yeah for the cost of an action you can activate the spell and I can never fucking spell this the name of this spell so I will send you Shillelagh? name Charlodon Stride oh shit an action, <laughs> I leave you a can, trail as a regular action you can activate this spell but it comes with the added bonus of if you activate the spell this way, it doesn't require concentration. And then you can use that once a day. So you've essentially given me a Tron. You've given me a Tron bike in the form of myself. Sounds like a good weapon. <laughs> it is a dope weapon. I leave a trail of fire, people. I am the Tron that. bike. You hold that brawl walks up behind you and takes the old glaive out of the um out of the holder and just throws out the window. Yikes. Yeah, hopefully that serves you well. I think that gives you plus fifteen to your attack rolls. Oh yeah, it does. Do 
So you now have, so not only do you have plus 11 to your unarmed strikes, you now have plus 15 with your glaive hits. I'll send you the weapon description once we're done. Yeah, every hit with this does 1d12 plus 10. Nice. Because I already get plus 7 with the glaive, so fuck. I'm scary. Level 14. Fear the stabby child. Going into this deathly situation, we might as well be prepared as we can. And not having a weapon that he created might be an added bonus. Yeah, I have a feeling we'd probably be able to use it to murder me or something. Right. No. Temple of Magic, or Church of Magic, if anything else called it. It's it. We need to go to the tree. With that, Lauren starts to head out of the office, and Rule just looks around one more time. That's a happy sight as he leaves the office. Wait, did I? Did Rule open the window before he threw the glaive out? Did he just yeet it out a glass window? Oh, this place is a good, like, 1600 years old, so there's no actual windows at this point. There's windows, okay. just no glass. This is before glass. Okay, good. Oh, it's 1700 years old, this place. Actually thinking about it, because the year's 1695. Yeah. I'll follow the other two. My way down. Uh, just make, just make me a con save as you leave the castle, and the sheer cold of this place hits you. Twelve. What was that? Sorry. Twelve. Okay. Um, you and Lauren take twenty points of cold damage. Bull takes ten. As ah, it's, it's fucking, fucking freezing. Freezing, yeah. It is bitterly cold. Eli quickly rearranges the way her blades are hanging on her belt. Because up until then, one of them was like pressing against skin by accident, and she's like, ah, no, no, no. It's like touching a seatbelt in the sun. Or puts her head up and tries to keep herself warm as she walks along, but she's not doing well her best herself anyway with this cold. Bro seems alright with the cold to be honest. But he seems very... seems very just stoic at the moment anyway with all of this. I look at Sparkles like, are you alright? Sp Sparkles shakes so much he ends up diving into his pocket. Yeah, Sour, I was going to offer one of mine because I'm like, your wings are going to freeze in place soon, honey. After about ten minutes of this walking through this bitterly cold town, um, you eventually start to make it. Start walking up this hill is this about a hundred foot tall tree sits at the top of it by itself, surprisingly alive in this cold. As the temperature does seem to start to rise again as you get close to the tree, until it's. A pretty enjoyable 
five degrees, which is a damn sight better than like the minus forty is currently in this town. <laughs> Temperature just does an absolute U-turn as you start to walk up this hill. What did the um? What did that book say that you found, Lauren? Um, it was. It was just if you touch the tree tree in a certain spot, and as she puts her lays her hand on the tree, she just <laughs> disappears. Lauren! Oh fuck's sake! I immediately copy Lauren. With that, your eyes flash white as you disappear as well. That was easy enough, I guess. As he touches the trees and disappears as well. Just they're like, well, shit. As the three of you suddenly reappear in this absolutely colossal church made of white marble. It's seen better days, but it's warm in here, unlike outside, and... It, despite how dark and dreary the atmosphere is outside, it's all but warm, like warm and comforting in here. Is a divine energy just fills this room with comforting energy. It's odd. But at the same time, it's comforting. Hmm. And standing directly in the center of this room next to this altar that has a like a slot in the ground where maybe the staff goes. A suit of all-white armor just looks up. His red eyes start to glow out of the like the dark mask. As it stands up in to its full like nine feet in height and draws a long sword. Just standing there. And I look at the others and I step forward and I'm like, "Hi, Marion." <laughs> You just, you just hear in your head, leave. We can't. We have to stop him. Stop who? Avius. We're going to resurrect him. I looked up to him once, but now. He is to take everything away again. He brought me back from the dead, but... I'd rather have stayed dead than be part of this genocide he has planned. What do you intend to do if you defeat him? I mean, honestly, I don't expect to survive defeating him. The suit of armor starts to take steps forward, seeming to relax the arm that's holding the long sword as it walks up to about five feet from you before stopping. We said that about Valadera when he had the power of a god. 
which we defeated him. They never told me about you growing up. They never told me those stories. With the Great Collapse, most history was destroyed with it. I do not exist in history, at least not the one that is fed to the public. The original history that can only be found in ancient keeps that survived. That is where you hear of us, our names. I found a grave with your name on it. Viola, where the final fight took place. Behind a door that only opened after it took my blood. It was my seal I put on the door. It was designed to stop anyone from ever accessing staff. To restart this catastrophe. We just wanted to get it before the cult did. And then all of this started. We need to end this. It needs... It, it needs to stop. Entirely. There can't be another generation, another child, 50 years from now, whose life is torn apart by this and forced down this road. Avius might seem unbeatable, but the staff is all his power. Till he reforges this world and spends hundreds of years praying to gods. He is just a mere man, powerful than most but still mortal. He is beatable. So are his members. It doesn't put an end. The world is due to collapse. Maybe not for a hundred years. Maybe not for a thousand. The staff caused instability. The world is dying around us. If you beat him, bring the staff back here. Us surviving sentinels, we can fix the instability without destroying the world. And therefore, in here, we can close off the tree of magic and make sure the staff can never be reached again. This is the final solution, but it's not the solution Navius wishes to use, as it does not fit his vision. Yes, well, his vision involves mass genocide and the erasure of history, so, you know, not really in the fucking mood for him. 
cannot guarantee that whoever comes back here with the staff will be me. But whoever I send will know that this is the only way. That this is the actual way. But please don't slice them in half with your giant sword. Should they show no aggression, they will be free to pass through here. Is there... Will your sent... Will the sentinels on the Isle of Null recognize my intentions? The Isle of Null is... an island that protects the gauntlet, protects the area used as a resurrection chamber. It is protected from outsiders with an necrotic shroud. Anyone who enters the island will be dead within a day. It has surely corrupted the remaining sentinels. I can use my magic from here to limit their aggression, but they might still need convincing. Yes, no matter what they do, don't show hostility. If you show hostility, they will fight to the end. We just have to kill him, right? We just have to stop it from happening. In order to bring balance back to this world to fix its magical corruption, all that must happen is the staff must be brought back here. The staff is to be used to resurrect Avius. The staff will become a part of him. So if he is not stopped, then he must be killed to require the staff again. That's why they took me out the equation. As the staff was on my cruise ship. Probably not there anymore now that I'm not around to sense if anything's happening to it. I do not sense it anymore. Okay. Fuck it. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. Hopefully, I'll be back with the staff. Wish you all the luck, child of my bloodline. The light kind of turns on her heel and will kind of back up slightly. As you know, having this glowing white armor just staring at me is kind of ominous. <laughs> Where's where that? Uh, Marion raises the sword and puts it back in its holster before turning around and walking to the center of the church again. Kind of look at the other two and I'm like, right, so. Essentially, considering we are all tied to Avius, we need to give the staff to someone that isn't and get them to come here and finish this. Right. And I swear to God, if Picasso punches one of the sentinels or Reed insults them, 
or Rand decides to bonk them, I'm going to lose my mind. Ideally, we could do without having to fight them before fighting Vaughn and the others. Yes, well, let's hope we get let's hope we get there before they start. I don't know, calling them ugly or something. I can feel my magic starting to return. So I think I can muster up the teleport. And that just kind of sits on the floor and it's like, whenever you feel up to it, honey. I was going to sit here and contemplate my own life. She looks over to Brawl and he gives her an odd. She starts to chant the words. You look back to Marion, um, who just stares at you blankly. Is the way she sounded when you talked to her, you can tell that there is no emotion left. The, her spirit is just a fact giver. Is, she just gives you one last, the Sir Palmer just gives you one last nod, and you hear in your head. Our bloodline started at Marionette Salier. Orange light encompasses the four of you. I'm including Sparkles as a person because I haven't got her down as a familiar. And you disappear. As Whee. the Sentinel takes its seat in the front room of this church one last time. And the camera cuts to black. But that, that is where we'll end this session of Tales of Autophia. This podcast was brought to you by me, Alex, in conjunction with Visionaries Global Media and Matatat Productions.